Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to Guys in a Mic Show. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. The football GMs and the owners and the player personnel guys playing a little bit of a football version of Russian roulette here. All kinds of action going on. We will try and keep you updated. We'll touch on baseball as well in the U.S. Did win the World Cup yesterday. It wasn't soccer, but it was softball. We'll talk about all that and more. And, of course, enjoy the soothing, if not highly therapeutic, melodies of the talk zone.com oh, many many psychologists across the country and other countries as well use the talk zone.com music if they from what I understand if a uh, a client if a patient is a little bit overexcited, a little bit rambunctious, maybe he hasn't taken his meds today, you play him the TalkZone.com theme song. It will bring him back down, get his feet back to the foundation. Our music is not only entertaining, it is indeed therapeutic. Enjoy for eight more seconds. <laughs> you know, you know, Coach. Oh, goodness. I, I know he's your guy, but you, come on, you have to admit it that uh, your guy Obama used that at Gitmo. Uh, it's possible. It is possible. I was going to say, after listening to that music, maybe that's the reason some of those patients are in the psychologist's office, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I bring to you a man that needs no introduction, and so that's what we're going to give him. Absolutely no introduction. It's my good friend Joel Radwanski joining us. Big Dog, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well. Actually, I probably do need a really big introduction. I don't think too many people are aware of the work. So, you know, well, actually, I don't work. So. Oh, come on now. You're, you've been around this town for a long time. You're not exactly, oh, yeah. a, you know, you're not an old days Walter Cronkite or anything like that, but you're a, you're, you're a well-known commodity. You don't need any introduction here in Chicago anyways. Yeah, well, it's, it's been happening more and more yes. as I walk the street. Yes. So, it's and tough. I, I get called a different thing every single time. So, so oh, but, I need to specialize in one thing, Coach. Instead of spreading it all out. Uh, that's true. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. My first question for the day then would be, how has celebrity changed you, Joel Radwanski? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's like money hasn't gone to my head because I don't have any. You know, <laughs> that's that's one way to solve that problem. Yeah, that I mean, really, that's that's always good. <laughs> uh, and, and other than that, you know, that's pretty much the same, coach. Yeah. Well, you yeah. get recognized by a lot of people. Unfortunately, a good portion of the people that recognize you work for like a law enforcement agency. Yeah, when when they recognize you because they're holding <laughs> a, a a Xerox copy of a picture of your face, that's not a good thing. Yeah, that's him. That, that's him. Oh, or killing what would have been a good story here. But uh, hey, at least you're a well-known individual. Big. The problem is <laughs> when you go to other cities, that's when you need an introduction. I don't think you're known worldwide as well yet. We need to go to like a Seattle San oh, Diego. Soon, coach. It's going to happen soon. You think so? I'm okay. going to have a viral video soon. It'll, it'll, right. it'll happen. And right. the next thing you know, two guys in a mic. I mean, David Olson doesn't want it to happen. We're going to end up getting like 50 calls a show. Be nice. Be nice. By the way, if you want to add to the 50, if you want to be caller number one and a deluge of phone calls, you could do it. Our phone lines are always open at your disposal. 888 
888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. But, uh, but no, we got lots to talk about today. Your favorite sport is uh, back in action. It appears uh, some teams are what starting today, correct? But the Bears are not allowed to start till Friday. I think they're basing it on the first game. It's, yes, you, you can start camp 15 days okay. prior to your first game, which makes total sense. Yes, Just start it that way. Okay, that makes sense. So there are teams uh, going through. I don't think you can put on pads today, but there are teams having their first practice today. Yeah, and. And uh, you know what? I think this has been handled really, really well. I wish they would have got it done like a week ago. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that came up way, way too quick. But it's a 10-year deal. Okay, so your off-season, you had nothing to do for one off-season. It's a little new. Hey, well, now we get to see a football season that's a little bit different. These guys didn't train as much this off-season. So let's mm-hmm. see how the football changes. And, Coach, it's a 10-year deal. Well, again, that's that's awesome. But not, if the NBA is going to – literally lock out the players until they agree to 25% pay cuts, well, mm-hmm. then you better keep that deal intact for like 20 years, okay? Because we don't need to be – because basketball might be down for like a year, Coach. We might miss the season. So if they come back with like a three-year deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that be? Go through the same agony all over again. Uh-huh. Let me throw yeah. this out to you, but we've talked about the fact that there was not the off season, the practice session, the rookie introductions, the OTAs, and all that will affect a training camp. It'll affect the exhibition games and probably affect the play in the games and negatively. But let me throw this opposite attraction at you: Is it possible? I'm a big believer in time off makes you a better player in, in any sport. I think we work sometimes too hard, not just physical time off, I think the mental break. Is it possible that these players, without seeing their coaches every three weeks in the OTA, they've been off? of or They haven't heard their coaches' voices for a while. They've been off of organized practice. Is it possible we're going to see them come back and maybe you'll see a fresher, more enthusiastic, a little more pep in the step, and in fact, better quality football first three, four, five games of the season? Just a thought. Sure. For a handful of players, yes, from the point you're coming from, Coach. But I think the the, the positiveness that you get out of this is you have guys that are really driven and want to work and want to be great because you don't get 99.5% of the football players in the NFL uh, worked their butt off and did everything they possibly could mm-hmm. in order to get there. There's only a handful that legitimately can roll out of bed and become an NFL player. So those guys are have a different mindset. Football is taken away from them. Yep. They're going to be so happy to be back with football and with coaches and be. Yeah. I think there's a lot more of guys like that. I do understand what you're saying, getting taken away from you, you relax. But I don't, yep. Most of those guys don't have that type of attitude, Coach. I think it's mm-hmm. more like, wow, it was taken from me. I, I'm so glad to have it back. Yeah, and the other problem with the theory that I just expounded on is that might be true in some sports, but football is such a team-oriented sport, particularly in the, it might apply actually to defensive players. But, you know, on offense, it's such a team-oriented thing where everybody's got to be in sync. Yeah, you can come back more refreshed and more enthused as an individual, but you're going to miss all of that time when you put the little intricacies of the team game together. The, the, the only thing more, I, I don't agree with like, the, the team thing in terms of offense or defense. The only thing that offense has to do more than defense is timing. But other than that, I really think that a defense has to play together mm-hmm. and has to know exactly where everybody's doing it. So I, I won't. I do think they need to be together. You've been a defensive player. I always think that's a quandary for defensive coaches that what you're describing is that, you know, there are schemes, there are systems defensively. You got it, you know, on a particular play, you have a particular read and you've got to go to this particular place and do your particular job. But boy, big dog, football is still 
It's a game of see ball, see runner with ball, go and tackle or deflect ball. You hate to take away the aggressive and athletic instincts of some of the greatest athletes there are, you know, NFL football players on defense. Do you think sometimes too much scheme and responsibility well, just get out there and play? No, no, Coach. It's, it's the fact that in order to have that reaction ability and legitimately fly to the football like you're talking about, yep. that's something that – and you, you need to do it cohesively with your other 10 guys on the field. If you have one guy just flying to the ball when he was supposed to mm-hmm. make sure that he held leverage on the outside, your whole defensive scheme is blown away. And all of a sudden the guy gets to the corner and everybody else's angle is wrong because one guy wanted to be a superhero. You have, And if you know you have a superhero over there, you know, you, you – you tell that guy, you, you make sure. I mean, I would be the guy in the huddle that would be first one to tell him, do your responsibility. You, you know, when you're trying to make a big play and you miss a tackle, mm-hmm. then, you know, we are chasing a guy down the sideline. So I, I totally agree. Timing is more important on offense than defense. But, but the cohesiveness, being a right is just as important. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you agree, we're talking to National Football League expert and occasional co-host here on the two guys at a mic show, Joel Radwanski. Radwanski. Um, wouldn't you agree, Joel, that it's one of the biggest challenges for a defensive coordinator for position coaches to, like you described it, if, if everybody's too over-aggressive, they're going to give up the big play constantly. So you got to, you know, you got to combine scheme and smarts, but you still have to let that National Football League player on defense use his aggressiveness. Oh, I, that's a fine line to walk out with the I, tough part I, of coaching. I really hope you don't are missing my point. With, okay, so this is how I would. So you, my strong side linebacker. There's yep. a point of attack. You must blow it up. I want you to absolutely destroy the lead blocker. He cannot get outside. You have to push the the running back deeper. Then you can make the tackle mm-hmm. with your outside arm. If you do anything else, if you just fly in there and not take anybody in and think you're gonna like yep. uh, get a big hit, oh, and he whiffed. Oh, and now that lead blocker is on right. our inside linebacker. But so, the, coach, but I pro- am not by no means preaching anything, but punching people in the mouth when you're playing football. But the, the problem with that theory is, and, you, and you're probably right, that's what he has to do, but the challenge comes, the guy that you're talking about, that strong side linebacker, might be one of the best nose for the ball, one of the best aggressive tacklers you've got. Now you're telling him, instead of going after the ball first, you have to do this. Oh, leverage. You know, well, if his responsibility on that play is the outside leverage yes, of your I... defense, which, which there always is, then that's his first responsibility. And then what he needs to do is hammer the lead block or go right through him and make the tackle, the next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're an all-pro. And you're not just a guy who yeah, is a real solid. You're not Hunter Hillenmeyer. Now you're now you're uh, like the best, who's the best strong style linebacker in the league, Andre Ware right now, I would have to say. And then you're him. So that's the difference. But, again, though. I'll play devil's advocate. You take that great strong side linebacker tackler who could get after the ball, and now because of the fact he's got to take on the lead blocker, he that's affecting his ability. If you forgot about that and just told yeah. him, "Hey, get the ball carrier," and I understand where you're coming from, and it makes sense in a team. I'm just trying to show to you that I think it's an underrated challenge for defensive coordinators to get these guys who are so aggressive, so tough, the greatest athletes around, mm-hmm. to have to go responsibility first. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it, it, but that's the correct pattern of a defense. You trust every good defense. Their strong side linebacker is still making six to eight tackles a game, mm-hmm. and he is still the leverage of a defense. And by the way, if he was such a great hunter and, and somebody that could fly around and drill people, yep. he'd be playing Mike or he'd be playing Will. He'd be playing the two other linebacker positions that don't have the leverage of the defense. Okay. They could be the they could be Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs mm-hmm. and drool at the mouth and fly around and 
terrorize people and punch the ball out and make plays when people are carrying it. Okay. That's what you know. That's the difference, coach. Okay, that you have three. You have three or four type of linebackers, mm-hmm. and your strong side backer is the guy that has the most responsibility. And there, and you know what? If it's too, if he doesn't like it, they try out to play our uh, middle linebacker or will backer. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's what it is, coach. So and then normally your weak side defensive end will have leverage. Okay. The other side of the I, I just asked that question after having played a half a season of seventh grade football under yep. uh, Coach Randy Picard Sr. And I don't even think we had pads back then. We barely, we had like pads for maybe half of the, you know, old school football for half a season in junior high, Big Dad. That's my experience. And uh, well, I, I found my strategy, by the way, as a line, I was a linebacker uh-huh. and enjoyed that position. Here's what I found most successful for me. We didn't have a playbook, so I had no responsibility. I found the biggest lineman that we had. And I would hide behind him. Talking about our defensive lineman. Well, no, no, that's that's excellent. You could be yes. Brian Erlacher in 2001 when he I, had when he hit behind 700 pounds of ass. Hey, trailer <laughs> and Ted Washington. He just rode behind them, and next you know Erlacher, who didn't have to take on a block, yeah. had, a, had an NFC, NFC like defensive player of the year season. I was ahead of Brian Erlacher, apparently. Maybe he copied my tapes from the uh, half a season I played in seventh grade football. But yeah, and that way I avoided being hit. They wouldn't see me as much, and then I'd sneak in, occasionally make a tackle. But for the most part, the coach wouldn't notice me, and I didn't get destroyed. I found it very successful. Well, well coach, I was gonna, I was gonna try to correlate, uh, like, uh, like, because you didn't play DB. I thought you, maybe you played DB, but it would no. be like telling a free safety your responsibility is to be the deepest of the deep. But coach, I can fly up and make big hits, but that's not what a free safety is supposed to do. Ronnie Lott could have ran up and made a huge hit on every single play, but. Ronnie Lott would have been out of position one time mm-hmm. in, in the game, and you lose because yep. so Ronnie Lott didn't do that. He took his, he picked his. Whenever he was going to hit you, he made sure he made the tackle. There was no way he was going to miss it. Yep. No, and, notice and, when I was talking about, I wasn't saying that it was incorrect strategy. I, I presented it as an underrated. I think we as fans underrate the challenge that defensive coaches have in coaching these guys to get them to play smart and scheme and not just use their natural aggressiveness. It, uh, Coach, uh, honestly, at Downersville North, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, we played an angle defense where legitimately the four, three, TNT, your tackle, nose tackle, they mm-hmm. angled away from the strong side. Mm-hmm. And I've always played on the strong side over the side end, on every left or right, and they would angle away from me. And my responsibility was to make sure nothing got outside of me. So, I mean, that's a really, really tough spot to be put in. I've had, I've had games where I made like five tackles mm-hmm. and I got a hundred percent score on how yep. I play. Yep. And then I had other games where I had like 11 tackles and I got like a 68. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Is, yep. But, but, but normally that didn't happen very much, coach. So I mm-hmm. typically made sure Sonny Nuccio and Jerry Clinton and Brian Isaacson had 15 tackles and I was, look at the hero where there's a pile in the backfield and mm-hmm. I'm on the bottom of it and there's yeah. three guys on top. And on the bright side of that, on the positive side, that is one of the great things that uh, kids, that we all can learn through sports, is sacrificing. And it sounds a little corny here, but sacrificing well, for the greater good. Athletes, high school players have to learn that. It's a lesson you can take into life. You sacrifice your own individual accomplishment a little bit for the betterment of the team. Well, well Coach, so that's not, that's not, uh, I'm not trying to act like I was the sacrificial lampard. Well, I'm, I'm doing I, I was, it for you. And, but uh, all I know is, when I got to play that position and I had to make sure I kept contained and blah, 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 I, whenever there was a quarterback that dropped back, mm-hmm. I had one job, and that was to hit the quarterback in the mouth. On the option plays, I had fullback, and then I had quarterback. So basically they allowed me to just, like, 
run into people at full speed. It was the I can't explain. I was it was the perfect position for me to play. So you know, I did. I was able to make plays when they passed. If I stopped the run, if I did my job stopping the run, mm-hmm. that meant that I could put my hand down and just chase the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't complain whatsoever. That was so. That's the whole thing. If you win. Yeah, you're James Harrison. James Harrison plays strong style linebacker coach, and trust me, the Steelers, they got to the Super Bowl. He attacked at the point of the attack. He was the one taking on blockers. James mm-hmm. Harrison got fined because he hit people too hard. So I, I don't care what position you play. If you're in the NFL, you can get big hits. You can make plays. You can force the ball out, cause fumbles, be a playmaker. Talking to our football hard hand here, our football expert, Joel Radwanski. David, you'll be happy to know Joel was known as a three-technique guy. No, I was Had nothing to do with his football career, but he was known as a three-technique guy. We won't get into that right now, but uh, so glad you could partake a little football expertise to our listeners out there, Joel. I'm sure they're, even if they're confused, I'm sure they're benefiting somewhat from it. Uh, hopefully. We have a, a <laughs> lot of Asian listeners. So yes. That they, like right now, we're huge in the Philippines, Coach. I, I've heard that. I mean, you, this, that. Is, this is yes. really good. You know, I... A dear, dear friend, making sure that all the all of her family listen to us out mm-hmm. in the Philippines. So yeah, we might have to start talking like some bolo knife fighting and stuff Whatever like that. Whatever it takes. Whatever. I had a uh, friend I was talking to over the weekend, and I mentioned to him how we kid that we, you know, we burst out into seven different continents and talk all different sports on our internet show. He said you should do cricket, and you'd get about uh, half a billion listeners out in India because apparently cricket is a huge sport. So I started boning up a little bit on cricket, which I will present to you next week. Oh, Coach, I absolutely love the game of cricket because my favorite sport <laughs> is football. My second favorite sport is baseball. There'd be no baseball if there was no cricket. I mean, baseball is a, a far descendant, but it is a descendant of ball mm-hmm. whacking it with a stick, yep. and then you run, and you get runs. The people who have run around the mm-hmm. wickets the most, run around the bases the most, they win. So that's I yeah. was, I've, that game I've always found. I know it's what sometimes it could be like 49 uh, years long, the game, but mm-hmm. still, I, I, I have some interest in it. Well, if we, we want to up our listening audience. Uh, there's a large clientele out there via the internet on cricket. Uh, I'm going to be gone for a few days, Big Dog. I plan on boning up a little bit when we come back. I might break down the National Cricket League or the International now, now Cricket you, League. You do get it, like yeah, uh, you, you know how like how you actually score, like like the person like throws. Yeah, you got to run all underhanded. Okay. And, you're standing in front of three sticks, coach. Okay. Okay. If if the person throws and hits the one of the sticks, mm-hmm. like it's a strike, and if it goes through them, I think you're out automatically. Okay. And then, but you hit. So now the other the other guy is standing at the other end of the wicket. Okay. And as soon as he hits it, you have to run and touch the wickets, and you keep on running until you can't touch them until until they get the ball back in. Wait, so there, there, there's one wicket out in the outfield, right? That's no, no, where you no, run not, to? No, no, it's not really in the outfield. It's where the pitcher is standing. Oh. So there's two sets of wickets. No, it's fine. Like where, the, where the batter is and the pitcher is. And then I, everybody else is out in the field. And the guy can hit it in any direction. Okay. So you, 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 you can run back and forth and however many Time bases? you run, that's how many runs you get. Okay, and then once the next batter comes up, do you clear the base? I, I guess so. That okay. is what I don't understand. But I do know it's like... That's like that's the whole like the premise is like you, you run back and forth and mm-hmm. touch the wickets as many times as you can until the, you the ball. Until so there's no like throwing the ball back in and tagging the runner. It's I, simply, I think there is, and that's uh, I'm pretty sure there is. Uh-huh. Like so you have to get the ball back to the pitcher, and, when the, and then it stops running. Okay. Any of our listeners out in India, or many of our uh, 
Listeners of Indian descent here, of course, living in the fine continental United States, you want to chime in, help us out a little bit on the fine sport of cricket, which the big dog apparently loves because it's a descendant thereof of his uh, favorite sport, baseball. 888-463-6748. I'm assuming, David, if you call from India, you got to probably hit some international number, but the bottom line is 888-463-6748. English is your second language. We are the sports show for you. Sam Petru. <laughs> Uh, no, I take a lot of calves, Coach. A huh? lot of calves. And I'm not kidding you. Anytime I, I meet a, a Pakistani or an Indian yep. cab driver, I say, hey, do you know uh, a cricket league that I could go to? Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, there's, they, they always give me different neighborhoods. One of them finally said Naperville, so I got to find out I actually can go there. And they and the guy was like, well, no matter who they are, they would love you. They said, people who play cricket want people in America to learn cricket. So if I just showed up there, mm-hmm. I'd be with a bunch of either Pakistani or Indian dudes. Not yeah. both. Not either. They will not mix. So it's either going to mm-hmm. be one or the other. Interesting. And uh, go out there and they'll teach me the game of cricket. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to have to eat before I go because I, I'll have, cause they're going to offer food and I, I can't eat that food. So I have to oh, no, no, I just, I, I just ate. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, if you get an invitation you play, make sure you uh, take notes and you can report back to the Two guys in a mic audience on uh, all about the sport of cricket. But it is, you know, it's huge. It's huge. Outside of soccer, football is probably the second biggest sport in the world, I would gander to say. I, I, I don't know, Coach. I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I think basketball has got to be bigger yeah. than cricket yeah. worldwide. Basketball is gaining internationally, no question about it. And if you want to talk about it, walking is the world's number one sport, Coach. What is? Walking. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Throwing a little curveball over the outside part of the plate. Sean yeah. Dunstan, swing and a miss. Corey Patterson, swing and a miss. Big dog, people had to ask you favorite sport. I know the top two. But which way would you go, baseball or football? I know you're passionate about both of them, but do you have a... It's football. It's football. Because I know football. you are a baseball, I mean, an avid, avid baseball historian and fan, but you still rate... Football, from a spectator standpoint, that's still your favorite sport to watch. Yeah, and there's, I mean, going out to a baseball game is phenomenal, and I love baseball, Coach. But the best way for me to tell you about it is, like, uh, like I I can't, I will will refuse to work on an NFL playoff weekend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no way, like, why would I want to miss the Saints taking on the Seahawks? I can't miss games like that in the NFL playoffs. I mean, I'm like a junkie like that, Coach. I cannot have it, an elimination game and not see it. I make sure I watch every bowl game from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my I almost call it my family, but basically kind of my family. Now, the way we live at this house, if football is being played, it is on the television, <laughs> and most likely there's going to be legitimately at least three other people here that don't live here watching football with us on average. At mm-hmm. least say, on average, there's probably usually about eight. So, uh, just the simple fact that football means a bunch okay. of my friends come over. That's, I mean, that's, and I love the game. I mean, I freaking love the game of football. By the way, 39 days, if you're keeping the calendar, 39 days to my Northwestern Wildcats tip off. Kick it off, taking on the uh, Golden Eagle of Boston College College of wow, Football. Wow, what a game one. Are they playing it uh, in Evanston, Coach? You know, I need to check that out. I believe it might be at Boston College. Did okay, I get the nickname right? Is BC now the Golden Eagles? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, they've been they've been the Golden Eagles for okay. as long as I can remember. Okay, uh, that's what a way to open. And you know what? If you're going to play Boston College historically, mm-hmm. get them early. They're one of those teams that 
lose early, and then get better as the season goes on. So that's 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 a great opening game because if you, you sneak in there and win at Boston College, that's that could be a nice little feather in the cap. That's called strategic scheduling. But at a bigger picture, the point I'm trying to make is college football not that far away. You can start xing out the calendar here. We're about ready to flip July over to August, and you know there is college football in the month of August, Big Doug. So it won't be long before the little helmet pads is. Or uh, knock out of the pads, slap out of the helmet, your favorite sport will be uh, on TV in the very near future. Uh, Coach, college football, I love just as much as, as pro football. Yep. And, uh, you know, one day if we ever did get a, a playoff system, mm-hmm. there, there is, I mean, legitimately, like if they said, oh, we're having a playoff system that starts next year, if I did have a job, I would immediately request those days off. I mean, it, it, would, it wouldn't even take, I mean, if, it would happen immediately. It would, that's just like the transition that would happen. There would be no possible way that I would miss one snap of any of the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, the college football having a playoff to me would be beyond ecstasy. It would, I, I know you don't care about it and all that, but the idea, I can't even imagine the atmospheres and the way that I, ha- I have it set up and I, and I wrote up this whole thing. I mean, I think it would be perfect. You could actually have the little guys. You can maybe get a, a share of the money a little bit more. You know, it's funny, mm-hmm. these guys, these, like the, the Central Floridas and, and all those other schools are always the sacrificial lambs of the world. So, uh, but still, you're getting NFL players out of there. You find out that these guys, skill level wise, are almost just as good as the the top elite Division One players. So, I, I, I really want to play assistant coach. And you know, you're asking if you ask me what my favorite sport is, it's it's uh, college football. And I kind of get like emotional about it, to be honest with you, how much I love the game. So. That's what we love so much about you. You can tell he's fired up, folks. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, talk a little football here on the two guys at a mic show. Passionate about the sport, which is about to begin training camps, etc. Uh, you want to talk some football with us? Feel free to dial in 888 888-463-6748. Back to the matter at hand, big dog. The NFL, a lot of free agent signings coming up. David Olson, our producer, will keep us abreast of any late developments, if any big names sign. We should mention your favorite team, the Chicago Bears, did release their punter within about an hour. Didn't take long. Within about an hour of the free agency, but Brad Maynard, age 37, no longer the puncher for your Chicago Bears. Let the competition for a new punter for the Chicago Bears begin. Brad Maynard, you had a great career with the Chicago Bears. Yep. You last year. Okay, it, that's it. We're, I'm done with you. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he wasn't even good the year before that. So uh, Brad Maynard really coached. He was a dominant punter. Why, the best punter in the NFL for about five or six years. You know, mm-hmm. His statistics will look like he's above average. I don't know how many times he dropped the ball down at the eight yard line or the five or yep. three yep. over the over the course of his career. So, Sayonara, uh, have a great life. He won't. He'll be picked <laughs> up by somebody. He will Cla- be done. classy guy, excellent uh-huh. punter. You will read in the paper tomorrow, big dog. Uh, some of his quotes from an interview he did this morning, and you will uh, at least see his side of the story of why his punting performance was down the last year and a half. I heard some of the interview and. Uh, he had a disagreement, shall we say, with the coaching staff, and he blames at least a little bit of that on his punting performance. It'll be in the papers tomorrow, I can assure okay, you. Okay, well, if he can't get along with the coaching staff, then, well, you know, I know he's a really good punter, so hopefully yep. he can be successful in the AFC somewhere. Yep. So we'll see. That's the first bear. Let go, David Olson. Anybody on the uh, screen, signed, sealed, or delivered yet? Well, the Bears uh, signed, apparently signed, are going delivered. after Justin Durant of the Jaguars. Justin Durant? Mm-hmm. Who's just no, no, no. Here's the problem with that, though, David. He was in the Jaguars last year. His leg is exhausted. 
I know he had a great year last year, but they punted. They were punted at third down last year. You know, he's a, he's a linebacker. Oh, he's a linebacker. <laughs> I, I had no idea who it was. So, so bottom line is, you don't want a punter from Jacksonville. They're usually overworked. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> yeah. Tired hamstrings, folks. Tired hamstrings. So he's a linebacker. He, he's a linebacker. Yeah, they're looking. Now, good. why yeah. do we? Is Pisatino Isamo? Is he gone? Oh yeah, he had a two-year deal. And, okay. uh, so yeah, he was, he's a free agent. Okay. So he's going. And then didn't Hunter Hill and Meyer retired, didn't he? Right. Yeah, Hunter Hill and Meyer retired. But Nick Roach, Nick Roach is back. Well, so yeah, maybe uh, Nick Roach is probably going to start a strong right. side. So we need, that's but, what I assume. Well, you got Roach, Briggs, and Erlacher. But we need, you, you, but you need that. one more. So they do need to oh, pick heck, up yeah. one, one good linebacker. All right. So now, just. I haven't kept up on the, the roster. Do the, do they still have, uh, Brian Ewu on the roster, David? Do you happen to have the roster with you? What position? I, yeah, did, let me look that up real quick. What a Brian he linebacker. He linebacker. And he's a weak side linebacker, That's a chase right. and destroy linebacker who mm-hmm. has, if you couldn't give him one sense of responsibility on the football yet, mm-hmm. on the football field yet, coach, he's one of those guys. Yeah. He was the number difficult. five linebacker last year, and I don't mm-hmm. mean that as an insulting way because a lot of times no. the number five linebacker will play. He was pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah. the guy's in his first or second year in the league, you know what I mean? It's. Mm-hmm. That, it's a very tough position to play in the NFL because you have so much responsibility. Even even the guys that I'm talking about, like Erlacher and Briggs, they still have responsibility. They have some, not yep. as much as like the strong side guys. Yep. Aging center Olin Krutz. I think they're going to do a signing for uh, One the year. aging Olin Krutz. It'll be very nice this afternoon. It'll be uh, Olin, his wife, kids, and his grandchildren. They'll all be there for the signing. It'll be a nice oh, touch. Right. Yep. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but he can still call the plays, Big Even if he can't move anymore, he can still call the signals. Yeah, uh, that's it. We really do need good guards with, uh, yep. with, uh, Cruz out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cruz is, is it about time? I mean, I think it might be yes. time. Apparently yeah. the Bears don't think so, though. They want, they want to sign him. So he is one tough SOB, though. Yes, David. To fill that up, the Bears only have two linebackers under contract. Okay. And that's Briggs and Erlacher. Interesting. So okay, go. now that's a gigantic issue then. Okay, no wonder why they're going after people that I don't know who they are. So. so, yeah, Tino Samoa, Roach, Iwu, and Rod Wilson are all free agents. Wow. Rod Wilson, by the way, major contributor in the return game for Devin Hester. Every mm-hmm. single time you saw him breaking a touchdown, 55 was uh, putting people on their back all over the field. So that, that, could, be, that could be a major signing. Now, another one, Corey Graham, the, the cornerback, he mm-hmm. is not under contract. And I think that's a major, major thing because they think the Bears cannot afford to pay him for starters' money because he won't be starting with the Bears. But what if Tillman? You think it's time that the Bears? I know it's kind of a short preseason to do it, but if you slide Tillman over to safety, then you can pay Corey Graham, let us start him at corner, and you get to keep the kid, and you put Charles Tillman in a ball hawk position. Mm-hmm. So let's face it, you get to punch the ball out more. You get to see the ball in the air and react to it, which would, I think, be phenomenal for Charles Tillman, and the fact that you can be a little bit slower and play safety as opposed to corner in the NFL. I I, I want Charles Tillman moved to safety, and I want Corey Graham starting and get paid. Uh, you know, you won't have to pay him ridiculous starter money either. You know, just like you can pay him decent money, beat out everybody else's uh, offer, and he slides right in as, your, as a starting corner coach. Talk a little Chicago Bear football here. It's beautiful to have football back again. Uh, teams got to fill out their roster, as do our beloved Bears. I'm assuming if you move Tillman to safety position, you're going to combine him with second-year man, major right. That would put Chris Harris, if you were the player personnel guy, big dog, you would uh, let the veteran Chris Harris go, I'm assuming, and use that money elsewhere? 
Well, uh, for, for right now, so is, is it Chris Harris or Corey Graham? And then, or, or well, the Charles Tillman. Do you let go of Charles Tillman and you start Corey Graham and you keep Chris Harris? Now, that's not going to happen, but that, that is also an option. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think the Bears would do that. But, yeah. I mean, are you, can you really, how much longer is, is uh, Chucky going to be able to keep up with all these little receivers out there? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know just I mean? came up with a solution. You move him over to safety. That's uh-huh. why I said if you do that, you can't move Chris Harris to cornerback. He cannot play cornerback. Oh, so. no, 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 no. Chris Harris, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not a corner. He's not so, a corner. And I'm not assuming Major Wright would start over Chris Harris, coach. And if, there's nothing wrong with having three safeties in this defense. Mm-hmm. Not at all, because they do so much running because they play that. that they play, if they're going to play over the top with two, there's a lot of them chasing down receivers down the field. So it, there's nothing wrong with uh, having a blow and having actually three safeties. Mm-hmm. All right. 888-463-6748. Let's hope the Bears safeties are not uh, chasing too many receivers down the field. I'm not sure I like the sounds of that. But uh, August 3rd. Well, it's part of the defense, though. I understand. It's just, you know what I mean, chasing receivers. Okay. They got you the ball. with the ball. Yes. <laughs> August 13th, Big Dog uh, Exhibition opener against the Buffalo Bills. Ronnie Santo, tell us a little bit about the Chicago Bear opening opponent, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Well, they're, they're going to pull their starters early, <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of guys that we're not going to know on the field, but it'll be good just to see people running into each other at full oh, speed. Boy, I can hardly wait for August 13th. Actually, I think I can't wait. The yeah, opener... Openers against the Atlanta Falcons. Now that. Okay. Now that's. Where, where's that? Is it at home or in Atlanta? You know, I got to check that out. Might okay, be. Okay, but yeah, and I were trying to figure it out earlier. We didn't know who they were leading off with. But so. that's that's a quality quality opening game, Big Dog. September 11th. Cancel all your social plans and make sure you save that date. That should be a wherever it's played, be it Atlanta or be it Chicago, since it's in September or, or you know a nice time of the year. They're, Knowing the NFL scheduling logistics, I can almost guarantee it's going to be in Atlanta at a beautiful time in Chicago. And you yeah, would be no wrong. Doubt. It is in Chicago. It is. Yes. Oh, there you go. heck yeah. Beautiful. Heck yeah. Beautiful. You know, uh, I'm not trying to have a cop, but I'm not trying to be Lou Holt. But uh, Atlanta's not like we're talking about like in Boston College. That's like a team you want to play early. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is one of those teams you don't want to play early. And especially this year, they had the number one record in the NFC last year. They lose in the playoffs. All off season long, they cannot wait to get back on the field. They'll yep. be they'll be preparing very seriously, and they also added Julio Jones. So the Bears get to see them live for the first time with Julio Jones on the field. So like actually scouting them and figuring out how they're going to use him with, let's face it, the guy that was the best receiver in the NFL last Roddy year, White. Roddy White. Yeah, you know that's and then all of a sudden you get the power back of a of a Burner Turner. You know this is. It, this Atlanta team is for real, and they have Super Bowl expectations this year. So that's a major game off the bat for the Bears. I don't like playing them the first week of the season. That's no excuse. They better get it done and win at home. But I, I will admit, I would not want to play Atlanta in week number one. I'd rather play them like week number 15. Yeah, yeah and then you get the, it, the you play New Orleans at New Orleans in week two. Oh, boy. Uh, then you get the Packers at home. Wow. <laughs> you get the Packers at the, at Soldier Field the third week. Then you get the Panthers at Soldier Field, okay. which is a good okay. one. A little bit All of right, a break. Uh, then we head up to Detroit. Uh, then the Vikings at home. Well, thank you. Then we get the Buccaneers in London Woo-hoo. before the bye. London, Illinois, or London, England? London, England. Ah, I got tickets, but it was for London, yeah. Illinois, a small high school downstate. Then they got the bye week. 
then at Philadelphia. That's a win. Lions at home. That's a win. Chargers at home. That's a win. Uh, at the Raiders. It's a win. Chiefs at home. Easy win. At the Broncos. It's a win. Seahawks at home. Win. Uh, then you get the uh, you, you play in Green Bay on Christmas Day. That's a win. They'll be distracted. <laughs> and then wrap up the season at Minnesota. That's a win. I got us going fifteen and one early. I can change my prediction, but right now, Big Dog, fifteen and one. One slip up at New Orleans. Uh, wow. <laughs> Is that the most unbalanced schedule it's, that the Bears have had in years? It's a hard that schedule. Is a, it's a rough schedule. That is well, a rough schedule. If you schedule. take away the first three weeks, it's not that rough. No, no, I would say the first, the, the, besides the Detroit and Minnesota, oh no, Carolina and Minnesota, every game on there at Detroit, that's going to be, that's going to be a ball game coach. Yeah, believe but you, I really do. But big though, you could say that about most NFL teams. Look at their schedules. There's not that many bad teams. You take away those first three games, and it's not, not that. Well, oh, I will tell you this: that that middle stretch is awfully good. I like that middle stretch a lot. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they don't just get buried early. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I'm hoping. Atlanta, so. New Orleans, and Green Bay to open up the season. Thank David Olson bringing up the schedule. Thank you very much. That's uh, Heck yeah. That's good stuff. That's a good way to uh, get it off and running, Big Dog. At least we hope it was. You go two and, and then, one. And then at Detroit. I mean, that's that's those yep. first four games. No, Lions are going to be fun to watch this year. Uh-huh. They got uh, what? Ndamukong Sue and Big Nick Farley in the middle, right? Yeah, fairly. That's uh, sort of, yeah, that's that's awfully good, Coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Nick Farley, they were like, well, we're not sure. If if he'll dominate if he gets double teamed. Well, he ain't going to get double teamed. That's not going to happen. You can't do that if Indomitian Sue is on the line with you. That's so. a lot of poundage in the middle of the line. That should be good stuff. Talk a little football. It feels so good to be talking the game of football once again. Big Dog and the Coach here, two guys in a mic show. You want to join us, 888-463-6748, the phone number, whatever team you root for, whatever city you're from, feel free to chime in and um, – yeah, I think fifteen and one, maybe fourteen and two, just to temper their uh, expectations a bit. Yeah, they're they're gonna they'll probably be sitting everybody when they go to Minnesota. So yeah. and we have a, we have a quarterback now that doesn't have to worry about uh, you know marriage or wedding distractions. That's a plus. Is it? No, I think it. I, yesterday I was talking about the. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. He won't have to worry about. Well, maybe now he's going to be a playboy again. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm a little, a little worried about, Coach. Because I really can care like, if he's happy or not in a relationship. I just want to know about his performance on the field. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was happy about it. Now I think about it. You know, if he's off the market, he, you know, he was all over the place. Remember that his first couple months in yep. Chicago? Yeah, he and uh, Greg Olson teamed up. Yeah, he was they, awfully distracted. 26 interceptions that yep. year also. Yep. He and Greg, Greg Olson welcomed him to Chicago, and the two of them uh, went out in the town and met a few people, shall we say. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Like bring it to the community center, get yeah. some churching up. Okay. <laughs> are there Take any? Is there another Kardashian sister out there? Or are they all taken at this point? Uh, I, I honestly, coach, I will. I, I have seen like five minutes of that, and somebody else was forcing me to watch it. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just worried I about another card. If there's another Kardashian sister out there, unattached, she might have her radar uh, uh, stroked up on Jay Cutler. That's what I was coming with. Oh, okay. Yes. So no, I'm no, ho- no. He would. He'd have to be a little bit more flamboyant, okay, for the Kardashians. Well, Chris Humphreys not exactly a flamboyant player. Well, he's also an NFL player. NBA. 
NBA players. Yeah, I understand that. That's why I threw the name of Jay Cutler out there. I think they like being the flamboyant one. They just like uh, having arm in arm with them, some kind of celebrity. I don't think it has to be a flamboyant celebrity. And uh, once again, I'm serving as spokesman for the Kardashian family. I have no idea why. No, yeah, and that's one family. I, I mean, I don't know who really cares about that family. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody does. They're on, they've been on TV for like what three years now. Yeah. Any chance, Big Dog? Uh, haven't checked the TalkZone.com schedule. I have not talked to our Commander in Chief, the General Manager Chris Whitting. But uh, do you have it in your schedule? Will you be going down to Olivet Nazarene College uh, in b- beautiful Bourbon A and checking out Chicago Bear training football? I definitely would love to if I could. Uh, I had a, like if I had a car, I would. That always helps. Bike all the way down there. Yeah. I don't, well, I'm not sure public transportation goes to uh, Bourbon A, what I. Uh, you know what? I'll actually look into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, today I'm staying at the Drake tonight, Coach. The Drake? The hotel, the Drake. You were at the Seneca last night. Tonight you're at the Drake. You're yeah. living large. Yes, it's uh, it's the staycation. So okay. it's like the last the last swing of the summer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, Coach? So nice, nice. You shouldn't have said that over the air. Now you might have. You might be. You might want to check in under a, a different name. Oh, I, I check under a student name anyway. Okay. Good. Always. Yeah, because otherwise we're going to have some TalkZone.com listeners out there many years. By the way, what is a pseudonym? I just threw it out there. I thought it sounded good. What is a what? A pseudonym? Yeah. A different name. Oh, it is? I got yeah. it right? Absolutely. I was just taking a chance, Coach. P-S-E-U-D-O-N-Y-M. Pseudonym. Ding, okay. ding, 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 ding. You spelled it correctly? No. Oh. <laughs> I spelled it. I doubt I spelled it correctly. I took my best shot at it. Thank you very much. Uh, and I just did the ding, 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 ding. Just because I went ding, 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 ding doesn't mean I spelled it right. All right. Now, Big Doe, let me ask you this. Uh, let's let's quickly make a move from uh, football over to the baseball world, if we could. Any any final football thoughts before we make a uncomfortable transition? Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is I'm uh, very happy with Illinois' look this year as a Big Ten team. I'm not kidding. Just, we'll talk about that later. But as an Illinois fan, you should be happy. Is uh, Ron, who's the coach again? Zook. Is Ron Zook still coaching the team? He's still there, coach. I'll temper my enthusiasm. Okay. All right. White Sox knock off the Detroit Tigers yesterday. Big Dog 6-3. to three. A little bit of light from the Chicago White Sox are beating the teams they need to beat. A couple of games under five hundred, but amazingly, they're only three and a half back. Is this just a little false hope, dog, or do you think the Sox can make a run here? You know what? Sometimes in the point of the season, you are who you are. I'm not saying it's false hope, but I, I, I'm not about. I'm like you said. I'm tempering my enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. They have to prove a lot more than this. Did you? Did you happen to see the play early in the game, and there was no communication between like the left fielder, center fielder, and Alexei Ramirez? Yeah, and Gor- wasn't Gordon Beckham involved in that too? That's what I'm not sure exactly who it yeah. was. Because I, I caught the end of it, but I just saw the yeah. Ozzy Gaines reaction. Yep. That guy is freaking hysterical, Coach. <laughs> they can't fire him because they got a clown in the he dugout. Is. But, I mean, just just keep him. I know the guy knows baseball, yeah. but he's also a clown, okay? If he dressed, if he came with, like, makeup on and a big red nose and fluffy <laughs> hair one day, I would I feel totally at ease. Yeah, that's, our, that's the manager of Chicago White Sox, and he is respected by the players, but he's also a clown. He is good entertainment, no doubt about that. Also, when they dropped the fly ball uh, in the press conference afterwards, Mike Quattet, the Chicago Cub manager ripped the White Sox players for dropping that fly ball. He said, inexcusable. He said, those clouds up in the sky, they've been there all year long. No reason for dropping it. 
Have you ever lost a ball in the in the in the clouds? Me? You ever notice like yeah. really, really, really low clouds? Yes. I'm not saying like the ball got into the clouds, but yep. for some reason, I, I noticed I would lose a ball a lot, like yep. in those situations. Yeah, that happens to me in baseball. It happens to me a lot in golf, where I oh, lose I a golf ball. Where I lose. Like, Why don't you hit it far? I was like I won't be able to find it. <laughs> hey, I gotta try that. I like that. That's like a movie I was watching. But any kids that are uh, high school kids. That are listening to the show. I got a great excuse if you're late to class. I was just flipping around channels, big dog. 1996 movie, John Lovitz. Uh, high school honors, John Lovitz, the uh, soft-talking suburban businessman who decides to take a job in the inner city. And they take the whole inner city school and they, they exaggerate it times 10, slapstick comedy. But um, he's teaching a class. Girl comes in late to class. And John Lovitz looks up and goes, excuse me, young lady, why are you late to class? And she very calmly goes, because the bell rang before I got here. And John Lovitz just looks around like, uh, you know, how do you respond? That's that's the best the best answer to a teacher I think you could give. Wow. How do you get mad at that, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you late for class? The bell rang before I got here. Oh, okay. Have a seat, young lady. Anyhow. The, I, the name of the movie is actually High School High. High School High. High school. Oh, that makes sense that. now. Now it's familiar. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, it's a. a I've never even heard of the movie, but absolutely hilarious movie. If you're into a <laughs> little bit of slapstick, it's not exactly politically correct because it takes shots at inner city schools. But how do we get out of that? What the hell were we talking about? I get distracted so easily. I don't know. I, I came up with uh, the reason why I don't hit the ball very far in golf. Oh well, yeah, getting the ball, getting the ball lost in the clouds. Yes, yes. So it happens. It happens on a regular basis. Is that Pretty much what happened to the players, right? Lack of communication on that play? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, like Homer Simpson said, you know, like Marge, like, what's the problem with our marriage? And she said communication. And, and, and Homer was like, you're exactly right, Marge. Too much communication. <laughs> so that's exactly, I guess there was too much communication because uh-huh. they were both going, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then they said, oh, yeah. no, you know, when you just went, I got it. Okay, that person has it and then mm-hmm. leave. Well, go away. Well, I, I threw this question out to you a couple of months ago in the beginning of the baseball season, Big Dog, but it's apropos now. I'll throw it out to you. Again, any baseball fans out there you want to jump in on the discussion, we'll get to a quick baseball round them up and wrap them up in just a second. 888-463-6748. Uh, coaches, players, you take for granted at the professional level the players know how to do something. But maybe you shouldn't take for granted some basic fundamentals. And I asked you, Big Dog, in spring training or during the regular season, how many times does a coach get the team out there, like a pony league team, like a like a little league team, and hit fly balls between the players and actually have major league players practice that communicate, or do they just take for granted that the players know how to communicate? No, oh, no, they definitely practice that because they you do it multiple so? times. Heck yeah, they'll do it on February 27th and on March 6th. What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying that they'll do it in spring training like one day and move okay, on. Okay, so those... And then, so you're a major leaguer. The center fielder is in charge, then the shortstop, then the, you know, all that stuff. So, depending on the situation, which player is in charge, depending on what. Uh-huh. So, and I think it's yeah. pretty much assumed at that point. And well, if you can't figure it out, those the managers get mad and they're like, you know, we don't go over this because, you, you know, you, you're a major leaguer. You know, so... Now, wait, would you agree, though, am I catching a little implication, maybe not, that they should assume less and practice more? Um, maybe, but probably the only guys that teams that really practice that 
are guys that are uh, confident enough in their fungal ability that they can actually hit a pop-up exactly where they want to hit it. Yep. Which would be me, by the way. Yeah, you would, you're a fungal guy, which oh. is impressive. Impressive. That's a, that's a that's a great trait, Coach. Horrible, horrible baseball hitter. Never had the eyesight for fear of getting hit. Was absolutely a factor for me. My baseball career did not advance much beyond the grade school level. But I will tell you from coaching, but uh, what are the better fungo hitters around? I mean, I can place it. I can go high. I can go low. I can handle the fungo, fungo stick, my friend. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember this guy's name, but he was an assistant to Gene Mock. Who was you know, like uh, on the Angels, mm-hmm. and this was like and I remember this guy was still a uh, an assistant coach with the Angels, and I saw this thing. He was like 92 at the time, and this guy walked out there with a the fungo bat, coach. And the guy, he's like, put your glove up, and he throws the ball up and hit a rocket line drive and hit the guy right in the glove. <laughs> they, they were like, uh-huh. he, he was mostly like magic with the fungo stick, mm-hmm. and like he and he was this old man. He was only hitting like ground balls on the end, but it was just amazing watching what he was doing. A like, fungo, like, a fungo artiste. Yeah, that's so yep. obviously that could have been you if you decided to dedicate your life yes. to uh, yes. to hitting infield ground balls. I, I decided I would keep that as a hobby and not dedicate my entire life to it. All right, uh, what I'm dedicating my most of my life to is uh, being an award winning or trying to be an award winning sports talk host. And uh, as that, let me move along and get to our baseball roundup up wrap up, Big Doug. With your permission, if we can leave uh, the fungi conversation, I, I think I would rather have the fungi. All right. We can go uh, that way. We know we can go. We can go to, there is well, one. There is one fungo, but there is two fungi. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, real quick. Texas knocked off Minnesota twenty to six. We don't say that score in honor of the football strike being over. That's an actual baseball score. They hit twenty-seven hits. Big dog. The Texas Rangers on fire. You know, it, baseball is the only sport that you can get. That you can lose by 14 and in the last inning have the teammates in the dugout laughing. And, and, and even though it's a bad season, and I know the Twins didn't want to lose that bad yesterday, but when Michael Kadir came yes. in the pitch for the Twins and, and, <laughs> and retired, he didn't retire the side, he got, he gave, but he didn't give up any runs. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was one of only two pitchers for the Twins yesterday that didn't give up any runs. They scored at least three runs in the first five innings. Three, That's- three. Three. Three in the first, three in the second, three in the third, five in the fourth, four in the fifth. Ouch. That's Eighteen nothing. That's good as your tail handed to you. Eighteen oh nothing. Nick Nick Blackburn yesterday. You think yesterday was a, a tough day for you? Two and a third innings, eleven hits, nine runs. Two and a third that's, innings. That's not good. That's, that's not good. That's not the worst not the worst uh, line of the year. No. Somebody recently had a third who was the guy had a third inning a third of an inning and eleven runs. Oh boy. That that's and he's a reliever. That'll that that hurt his earn on average. That'll mess up the ERA real quick. How about the Yankees knocking off Seattle? Big dog ten to three. Derek Jeter leads the attack. Home run and a triple for Mr. Three Thousand Hits. And for Seattle, sixteen consecutive losses. The hits just keep on coming for your Seattle Mariner. Yeah, this I don't know when they're gonna win again, Coach. You know, remember when Dennis Hickson and the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers, they asked him, they're like uh, you know, what do you think of the season? He was like, I, I, I think we're going to win a game. I really do think we'll win again before. I, I don't know. The Mariners are the first team in baseball history. They're wondering if they ever will win again because their two stud pitchers, Felix Hernandez and Michael Pineda, have been getting absolutely hammered mm-hmm. lately. I mean, it, Coach, it's, you know how like we oh, they're finding ways to lose. No, that's not even the truth with the Mariners. They're just getting destroyed every game. It's, it's bad. This is about as bad as I've seen a team play for like, uh, like mm-hmm. up to 10 days, you know, 
Normally, like, normally that's what happens. Normally, the 16 game losers who lost a couple tough games, we just can't get a break. So they're just getting pummeled. Yep. And again, before that streak started, they were hovering around 500, three, four games back of yeah. first. They still had sights, visions of a division championship. Oh, how the semi mighty have fallen. Yeah. Uh, the Cle- Cleveland Indians knocked off Anaheim. Big dog, three to two. Great game there. Good series. Two quality ball clubs. Uh, Travis Hafner, they actually, uh, Anaheim was leading. Two to one going into the ninth inning. Travis Hafter hits a homer and ties it up. And then a local kid, Jason Kipnis from Glenbrook North High School. Watch this kid play high school ball. Just got brought up. He gets his first career hit. It's a walk-off base hit to win the game for the uh, Cleveland Indians. How about that? You know, that I wish I knew he was from Glenbrook North because I watched an MLB network last night. He uh, he was glowing coach in the interview afterwards. It was really cool. It was a pretty cool thing to see. Was he, uh, did he, he handle himself well? Oh, absolutely, cool. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he. Uh, uh, it was you know he was blown in the moment. Was really happy, respectful to everybody, mm-hmm. and you know it was pretty cool. Titillating tidbit for the day: I did uh, coach Jason Kipnis's sister in girls' travel softball. Thank you very much. Uh, what else do we got here? St. Louis, the Cardinal over the Houston Astro, ten to five. Colby Rasmus, who's in the doghouse right now, apparently got out of the doghouse, hit a home run. Yadier Molina of your favorite, uh, the Flying Molina brothers, three for four, big dog. But the Cardinals uh, remain tied for first, knock off Houston, ten to five. Yeah, and Yadier is now the greatest of all the catching Molinas. You think so? Yeah, he is the best. I know. He, I think about it, he's got a World Series title. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, I know there's been a couple World Series. They all have been the World Series. Mm-hmm. But he's the best hitter. I know he's not the best defensively. That would be, I don't know, Yadier might be the best defensively. That's, that's, that's a tough call, coach. Who is the greatest of the catching Molina? Mm-hmm. But do you, I mean, I lose track of him, to be honest with you. So I might be, like, con- confusing one with the other because they're all squat, portly <laughs> men. <laughs> Oh, I mean, we got, I'll have the same mustache. You got Yadier, you got Benji, and who's the other flying Molina? Jose. Jose, Jose Molina. Yeah. Jose. Now, Jose is the worst of them, so it's between Benji and Yadier. Okay. Who is the greatest? Now, Jose was a perennial backup for world championships. Like, you would mm-hmm. just pick him up, and your team would win the World Series, and he'd get a <laughs> ring, and they'd ask, what you do? And he's like, well, I caught batting practice. Uh-huh. You know, so. <laughs> All right. Pittsburgh knocked off Atlanta 3-1. to one. Pittsburgh uh, seven or eight games above five hundred now, tied for first place with the St. Louis Cardinals. They only got five hits, and they won the game. The Atlanta Braves did get Chipper Jones back in their lineup. I'm hearing a lot of maybe not front-line experts, but a lot of second-level experts who maybe are bigger experts than the front-line guys. A lot of people talking to the Atlanta Braves. Could be a World Series contender. Don't take your eyes off Atlanta. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have three great pitchers, you can beat the Phillies, especially if you got uh, uh, like the, their offense is better than Philadelphia. Okay, the starting pitching is better in Philadelphia than it is in Atlanta. But you know, Atlanta doesn't have a closer yet. I mean, I, do you really trust Antonio Bastardo? Okay, so I mean, I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't just hand it to the Phillies as of yet. So uh, mm-hmm. you got Tommy Hanson, you got a Tim Hudson, you got a Yarier Jurgen. Those are three pitchers that can go up against the Phillies and not get absolutely blown away. And since the the, uh, the Braves have Brian McCann, who's the best catcher in baseball, with a little pop, but, you know, Chipper Jones, if he has fresh legs in October, he'd want to go out of champs. So, yeah, why not, Coach? Okay. Honestly, they're, they're a, as a wild-card team, they're a legitimate shot at winning the World Series. Beautiful. All right, Big Doe, we run out of time. Now, I'm going to be out for a while. I know you'll be doing some shows here, possibly bringing in some guests uh, I got about 30 seconds. Any little preview tidbits? Any little teasers? 
you could throw out to the fans while you're doing some solo shows. What can they look forward to from three technique guy Joe Radwanski? Uh, the same stuff like News of the Wild. We will have different. I am going to have uh, one Charlie Portis on and uh, talk about the. Oh, the Travel Channel came and, and visited the show the other day. Coach. Excellent. Or visited uh, us kayaking the other Love day. Love so. the Travel Channel. Well, you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to check that out. So beautiful. Any any female guests coming on by any chance? Work I don't on think it. any. That, no, they won't be coming. Uh, All right, work on it. Work on it. If you want to see Joel tonight, you can track him down, figure out what his pseudo name is. He'll be checking in at the Drake Hotel somewhere around 3 o'clock for his staycation. I think a couple of fans would love to join you on your staycation. Uh, feel free. Those rooms are gigantic. <laughs> Stay away from the maids, will you? Uh, that won't be true. Oh, boy. Hey, you see David Olson, the, the maid, came out with her story. we got to talk about that, too. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com, signing off. We'll see you. Actually, I won't. But Big Dog will see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late.